Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 79 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by James Scratch and Dan Duggan. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. They were down in Landover, Maryland on Sunday, and they will be in somewhere in the middle of Wisconsin at Green Bay for the Giants and the Packers Sunday night as the Giants, for the first time in the history of this podcast, will make the postseason back in the postseason for the first time since they won a Super Bowl after 2011. Uh, an incredible regular season, James. They played it straight the way they said they were going to play. They got another win, and the Giants have to feel great about themselves on the field after that regular season as we head into January here. Definitely. Ben McAdoo said he was going to play to win. I think people thought he might find some creative way to kind of do that but get his starters out of the game. But, no, he, he left everyone in. Only guy he took out was Odo Beckham and Janoris Jenkins, but I think that was more of an injury issue. They just want to be safe with his back. But no, the Giants are heading to the playoffs with a tremendous amount of win behind their sails. Very impressive win. I thought the Redskins, I mean, you can't take anything away from the Giants. They played tremendously. They deserved to win that game. I was surprised what a disgraceful performance the Washington Redskins delivered with their whole season on the line. Um, you know, honestly, I. I mean, Jay, Jay Gruden's going to stay there as a coach, and that's the right call. But I even wondered, you know, kind of the third quarter of that game, is his job going to – is he going to get fired on Monday morning? Because that was just such a debacle when they had everything to play for. But the Giants ripped their hearts out, and I think the Giants go in with a tremendous amount of momentum into this Green Bay game, which is going to be really tough. But I think the Giants are in a lot better shape to think they can win this game now than they would have been if they had just kind of mailed it in on Sunday and gone in with two straight losses. Yeah, and that's probably what the head coach was hoping for, and he got it. And, Dan, you know, James just mentioned the performance by the Redskins on Sunday. And every single time this year we've talked about an opponent, it, to me it just keeps coming back to the Giants' defense. Like, the Redskins had everything to play for. The Giants had nothing to play for in terms of seeding. And that offense with the Redskins, we've seen them at times this year. It, it's been prolific. They didn't even put up 300 yards of offense. It just, it just feeds into this Giants' defense is heading into January as good as it gets right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of the same old story. That game kind of followed the script of, you know, most of the 11 wins where uh, the defense was, uh, you know, almost completely dominant, like you mentioned. I mean, that's a really good offense. You look at that, the receivers, and including the tight end in that, that might be the best set of weapons in the NFL, and, and they just totally shut them down. And again, uh, that's with Jenkins only playing a half. And I don't, you know, I know that they were motivated for the game, but there's still, uh, you know, there's the human element involved there. They didn't really need that game, and they still uh, were able to just totally, you know, shut down the Redskins and stymie them. And you just can't run the ball against them for the most part. I mean, 15 carries for 38 yards. Um, like I said, it's the same formula they've used all season. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you tip your hat, I guess, to McAdoo for pushing the right buttons. I don't think it would have mattered if they had lost that game, you know, 13 to 10 at the, you know, if Cousins goes down, scores a touchdown, so the late pick, whatever it might have been. But, uh, you know, the players certainly bought in and probably more importantly, no one got seriously injured. So uh, pretty much mission accomplished there for week 17. A win-win. And now it sets up after the Packers win on Sunday night. Uh, the rematch, I think, I know Fox wanted for their late window and wildcard weekend. And I think a lot of NFL fans wanted the Giants and the Packers. A rematch of a game in week five this year, a rematch of two playoff games. Eli Manning has been in in his career in Lambeau Field. Before we preview this game and this rematch and this kind of strength versus strength with Rodgers against the Giants defense. We do have quite the story that's developed over the last couple of days. So the Giants, with the way Ben McAdoo lays out the schedule, they get Monday off so they could do whatever they want on Monday, Tuesday, uh, when we're recording this, back in the facility and, and to work they go to get ready. Well, a picture surfaced of a, um, a photo on a boat of Odell Beckham and some Giants wide receivers parting with some celebrities. James, 
tell us about the boat story that got that has everyone talking right now. Okay, so all indications are after the Giants played the game on Sunday, beat the Redskins, uh, Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, uh, Roger Lewis, Sterling Shepard, uh, I from you know Snapchat and social media and all that stuff, they got on I presume a, a private jet and, and they flew down to Miami and. I guess there was a party. I think you pronounce it "live." Is that is that correct, guys? L I V. That's accurate. All right, good. Duggan probably's been there. You know, he's. I have, and actually, I'll, I'll throw in a funny story. I've stayed at that hotel because my wife was uh, doing a conference. It's called the Fountain Blue. It's this okay. this hot, trendy club in Miami, and this is how much of a party animal I am. I obviously can't relate to Odell and Victor Cruz. Uh, we were in the lobby. There was a big Halloween party when we were down there. And we watched the people walk in and then just went to bed at like 11 o'clock. So it didn't, I mean, the parties there don't even start till 2 a.m. So that was uh, well beyond uh, our capabilities. But that, that's my anecdote of, uh, of uh, the, the scene I know of live is just people walk, walking into the lobby. I have no idea what it's like inside the club, but it seems like uh, probably pretty fun from what the social media showed yesterday. Dan, next time you tell the story, just say you've been there. You don't, you don't have to include all the other <laughs> I had to, to come clean. I can't attest to what it's like. I'm not you know, spending $5,000 for a bottle or anything <laughs> like that. So anyway, so they go to live. Uh, according to TMZ, tremendous guest list. I mean, uh, Jamie Foxx, Johnny Manziel, Khloe Kardashian. I'm sure I'm forgetting you know, some other luminaries. And then you know, some video. Oh, Bieber. Yeah, got to get Bieber in there. Of course, Bieber had to be there. And then I guess... Somehow that the party ended at live and they transitioned to, to a boat someplace on the Atlantic, you know, somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, South, you know, South Florida. Not not sure exactly where. And, you know, they, they, they took a picture and it hit social media. And now, you know, everyone's kind of up in the tizzy and, you know, Ben McAdoo doesn't seem to care. So, I, I look, I, I think the bottom line is this. It's their day off, you know. We don't really think of it this way. When we, if we don't like, when we went to when the Giants played the Dolphins last year, you know, I had to drive forty five minutes to Newark Airport, park the car, get to the air, get to the terminal, go through security, get down, sit there forty five minutes, get on the plane, fly, land in Fort Lauderdale, rent, you know, get the cab because like a private jet's basically like getting on a bus for for a celebrity, so that moves quick. They probably can get to Miami just as quick as you and I could get to Philadelphia in our car, and it was their off day. I don't think, you know, Ben McAdoo's right. It's their day off. I mean, they're entitled to do whatever they want. They weren't breaking any laws. They're, they're going to be back to work on Tuesday. But at the same time, I mean, I just think that it's kind of the natural thing, the way things go in today's world. You know, they are playing a playoff game in a couple of weeks. You know, presumably, I don't know when they arrived in Miami, but they may not have even known, like, what day the playoff game was going to be. I think some people mentioned that. And, you know, these celebrity parties, I mean, they're documented like better than the invasion of Normandy now, and it's all over the place. So I, I think people, the reaction is expected, but at the end of the day, I don't think this is a very big deal. Now, I think one of the things that will be talked about probably for the next couple of days is, you know, the bad optics of this, right? It's a playoff week. They have a day off, but some people, and I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's, it's their day off. You know, if they had a party in New York, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal as going down to Miami, but you think back to what was it after the 2007 season? Tony Romo went to a vac- on a vacation. I guess, I guess with Jessica Simpson at that time, whoever it was, you know, down in Cabo during the I guess it was the week off they had before they lost the Giants. So this stuff always gets thrown out there before a playoff game because I think so many people say, "Well, why aren't you just studying film?" Dan, is this going to be made too much of a big deal of considering it was their off day? 
Uh, I mean, I think the word you use is, is pretty much spot on is optics. I mean, I don't think what they did on, you know, late Sunday night into early Monday morning is going to affect how they play, you know, in Green Bay a week later. But it's not the best look in the world. And again, we don't even know if they were drinking or, you know, doing anything. So, I mean, all it is is maybe catching up on a little sleep. Um, you know, I don't think there would have been a ton of film work uh, on Green Bay, especially they didn't even know they were playing Green Bay until uh, they were probably, like James said, already on their way down to Miami. So, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's going to affect anything. Uh, I do find it kind of funny, though, you know, with Ben McAdoo, he's gone to great lengths to set up his schedule to maximize rest. I mean, he calls certain days REM Thursday because he pushes practice later so guys get more sleep. I mean, it's I, I kind of already suspected this, and this kind of confirms it. When you just make things later or give guys certain days off, all that means is they're going to go out later. <laughs> they're not going to go to bed earlier and, and make sure they, they catch up on that sleep. So you give them Monday off. Most NFL teams are off on Tuesday. Uh, I doubt they probably would have gone if it was Monday night after coming back to the facility and everything like that. But since they had Monday off, they said, hey, let's take advantage, have a little uh, late New Year's celebration. Hey, they're young guys. They have the means to go down there and do it. Uh, so can't really knock them. But again, I just kind of I kind of find it funny with, you know, McAdoo looks at things obviously a certain way. I mean, this is a guy who literally said he doesn't talk to his friends when training camp starts. He basically says, like, you know, talk to my wife if you need to get in touch with me. Uh, so he clearly uh, is kind of from a different school, uh, you know, approaches things a little bit differently. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, they didn't get any trouble, uh, you know, as long as they're in the facility this morning, which I'm sure they are. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But, hey, it's it's certainly not going to look good if they go out and get shut out on Sunday. And, and, you know, it'll just, like you said, it's still mentioned about Tony, Ro- Tony Romo 10 years ago, just like I'm sure that trip didn't affect his performance. You know, once it's out there for public consumption, it's, you know, you kind of open yourself up for some criticism. So I guess we'll see what they, what they do on Sunday, see how big of a story it ends up becoming. Yeah. And I think James, it seems like McAdoo is doing his best or did his best on Monday to just get this, to try to not be a story, right. To say it didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, this doesn't seem like on the surface, at least out there, that Ben McAdoo has any problem with what his players did here? No, I mean, well, look, if he has a problem, he's not going to tell us. I mean, Ben Ben won't tell us if he let you know. He he doesn't if he has feelings about going back to Green Bay. So I mean, certainly if Ben's angry, he's not going to tell us. But I don't think he is. I mean, look, it is their day off, and you know the the world is kind of a a different place. And with these private, I mean, you know, you can get to Miami pretty quickly on a private jet. You know, and and I think that look. This is going to be a big deal for a day or two because it's New York. It's the Giants. They're in the playoffs. Odell and Victor Cruz, they're not just football players. They're, they're celebrities. So, I mean, you know, it's interesting. People are intrigued by it, you know. But I think, look, even if they go out and lose 45 nothing to the Packers on Sunday, the fact that four wide receivers went to Miami for a couple of hours will have absolutely no impact on this game Sunday. Let's not sure underestimate the, the Bieber factor, too. Once you, throw, once you see he's involved, <laughs> it just makes it so much more kind of ridiculous and, yeah. and more of a paparazzi type thing. You know, if it was just Trey Songs and Fabulous, who, you know, most people probably never heard of before yesterday, I although I started following Trey Songs on Snapchat and it made me feel really <laughs> bad about my life because he's certainly doing things right down there in uh, Miami. But no, anyways, I think once you, you add Bieber into the equation, it just makes it so much more of an easy punchline and, and the jokes kind of come with that. And kind of, I think Giants fans generally feel uneasy you just don't want to be kind of hanging around with him he seems to you know always be in some sort of odd situation but uh, again it seems like they came out unscathed so they, they avoided the, the kind of the beaver curse or whatever have you yeah if, to, they, if they get shut out on sunday we'll call this the beaver game the beaver <laughs> absolutely game. Just, ahead, just to piggyback off what dan said i mean he's right i mean like 
a lot of times like, I see people on Twitter and like fans like, why are you reporting this? And like even like media members and like all that. It's like I don't think people understand how the internet works. Like when you take Justin Bieber, like all right, there's a couple of people out there that like no matter what happens, people are gonna want to know about it. Uh, Trump, Bieber, uh, who else? Uh, Tebow, LeBron James, LeBron, Mansell. I mean, like it's like, dude, when you take Odell and you take Bieber and you put them together, I don't care if they just ran into each other at the the quick check by MetLife Stadium. People are going to want to hear about it. I mean, they're two very popular, polarizing, uh, you know, pop culture icons, figures. So I just think that's why people want to know about it. it it's kind of funny, I think. It just goes to show you, you know, they're having fun. They're loose. It's going to have no impact on Sunday's game. If Ben McAdoo's okay with it, the rest of the world should be okay with it, I think. And, you know, as the week goes on, it'll probably dissipate a little bit. But, again, Sunday comes – uh, if they don't play well, this will come back. But on Sunday, on the game, which now everything transitions to, for the first time, like I said, to open it up, first time since we started this podcast, we get to talk about a playoff game. It's what the NFL wanted. I'm not sure if it's what the Giants wanted. But, th- I mean, this matchup, Dan, it, ha- it has everything you know an NFL fan could have wanted with the great quarterback against the great defense, a rematch that we've seen this matchup before uh, in January. I mean, this, it's, it, to me at least, for the first round of across the NFL – this is the marquee game you guys get to cover here. Yeah, no, I think hands down. I think, you know, we've, we've been trying to figure out all the scenarios for weeks now. And uh, the fact that they didn't announce what time the Giants game was going to be at kind of shows that if it was the Lions, maybe it wouldn't have been in this prime spot. Maybe they would have moved it to Saturday night and, and put Seahawks Packers in that prime spot. But the fact that obviously the Packers win and set up this matchup, clearly I think that Sunday, you know, 440 time slots, the the prime one of the weekend and it was kind of a no-brainer to put this game you, like you said you have so much so many factors here you have just the long storied histories of both these franchises and then also the recent history where you know of course the Giants have gone there twice in the last 10 years and, and won games and it's a place that's obviously not easy to win gone on to win Super Bowls uh, it's just you know it's a great storyline uh, as far as just you know the, the actual matchup itself I mean you have Aaron Rodgers you know playing as well as any quarterback in the league probably playing as well as any quarterback in the league's played in a long time. I mean, he's, he's on such a roll right now. He's a guy who obviously is one of the biggest stars in the game. So, so to have him go against this defense, I mean, it's just so many factors where it's, it's just a really uh, attractive, interesting matchup. And, uh, so, you know, it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun this week. Uh, once we kind of get past, uh, you know, the, the guys on the boat and, and start talking football, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting layers, uh, to this matchup. Let's start here as we look at the matchup here and, and how big this game is and, and what it you know, obviously means. It's a playoff game on both sides. But the rematch, that's that I'm looking at, James, to start off. Week 5, you guys were there. It was a sun, Sunday night game, I believe. Um, week 5, Giants and the Packers, 23-16. Green Bay wins the game. Let's start with that. How much should we take from that day into what will happen this coming Sunday? How much is different? I mean, the one thing that pops to me as I look at the box score of that game is uh, – the running back, Paul Perkins, only had two carries that night. He had 21 on Sunday against the Redskins. Clearly, he has a much, much more significant role now. What's the same? What's different to you, James? You know, I, I was looking back to the box score, too. You know, a couple of things that came, you know, came to me. One, that was 23-16, but I think Dan will agree. The Giants, they, they really got beat up that night. I mean, that, that score was nowhere as close as it was. I think Odell had his first touchdown catch of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like to, late, uh, late in the game late, there. To late kinda... to kind of pull it. Giants covered. But, I mean, the Packers lumped them up. Now, I was kind of remembered that, you know, we think of it as, oh, you know, the Giants defense was still kind of gelling at that point. Um, 
Eli Apple, I think, played like nine, seven or nine snaps, and he left with an injury. So they, and I, you know, DRC had been banged up the week before, so they were kind of a little dinged up and nicked up in the secondary. But Aaron Rodgers really didn't play all that well. I mean, I think he had two touchdown passes, two interceptions. I think his passer rating was kind of, I, I forget the exact number off the top of my head, but it was below 80. I mean, he was kind of in that mild funk at that point. And the Packers were kind of trending toward that, you know, slump they had that, that led them to four and six. So that to me, I think is the biggest story. You know, obviously, Joe, you mentioned the run game. Uh, Eddie Lacy really kind of beat the Giants up on the ground, but, you know, he's not there anymore. And I think the Packers run game is a much more of a vulnerability now, if anything, especially against the Giants rush defense. But what stood out to me is that when when the Giants and the Packers played, you know, back in October, Aaron Rodgers was kind of in a funk, and the Giants' defense was still kind of you know getting its its footing and, and come you know kind of meshing with all the new parts. But here we are now in January; they look like they're arguably the best defense in the league, and Aaron Rodgers is maybe the best quarterback alive right now. So it, I just think that's going to be kind of interesting. Where we kind of saw these two powerful entities when they were kind of you know middle of the pack, you know, finding themselves, and now they're, you know, full bore and they're going to collide again. Dan, when you look at the, just the idea of this, you have the great quarterback, and you mentioned how on fire Aaron Rodgers has been, what is it, 18 touchdowns and zero interceptions his last seven games, including yep. um, they're undefeated, you know, 6-0 and since he said they can run the table, and basically everyone thought he was nuts considering the way they were playing, and their defense playing. So you have Rodgers on this incredible streak, we know how great he is, and you have this Giants defense that has earned all of these accolades of being the best defense in the league the last two, two and a half months. Just, you know, if you remove the, the names and just great quarterback, great defense, what do you usually lean towards in these type of games? I mean, where do you give an advantage there? Well, I mean, I know that, it's, you know, the old axiom is defense wins championships, but I think the, the kind of thing you have to throw in here is when a quarterback's playing the way Aaron Rodgers is, that usually takes you pretty far as well. So, I mean, it's, it's really is a great matchup. It kind of all along when I – felt like this matchup was going to happen the last couple weeks I said oh you know the Giants don't are going to have a really tough draw and I, and I think it is you know especially going there I think you'd feel a lot better if this game is at MetLife but the more I started thinking about it it's I, I think as much as the Packers are a bad matchup for the Giants bad matchup for anybody I think the Giants match up better with the Packers than most teams just because of the way they are built I mean their secondary has really been their strength and, and obviously that's what you need against Aaron Rodgers especially because He's not a guy you want to blitz a bunch because he just tears that apart and you know, extends plays. Uh, I mean, he had that touchdown pass against the Lions where, I mean, he had the ball for, it felt like, 10 seconds and just kept working around and, and then throws a laser to the back of the end zone. So he's not a guy you want to really send the house after because if you don't get there, you're going to be in big trouble. But I think the Giants have the pieces when you have Jenkins, assuming he's 100%, which you know, I think he will be or, or pretty close to it. Uh, you have Eli Apple who's coming along. DRC being that third guy is really an X factor because he can play inside against a Jordy Nelson if they want to put him in the slot. So I think having those three corners playing at the level they are is is really a huge asset and something you need against an offense like the Packers because they have the weapons uh, at receiver and they have obviously the ultimate weapon uh, in Rodgers. And I think that you know the pass rush is gonna is gonna be a factor. You need to put some pressure on Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be a game where, like I said, you're not going to be blitzing a ton. So maybe, you know, a guy like Vernon can create some pressure up front, but it's really going to be about the coverage. And I think that's something where the Giants have shown that they have, uh, you know, plenty of bodies back there that are capable. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, because again, Rodgers is playing so well. I mean, like James said, that first game uh, was probably one of his 
his rough routings of the season. You, you know, Giants obviously contributed to that a bit, but uh, it'll be really interesting to see how this does play out. Does the does the red hot you know great quarterback kind of prevail over this defense, or is it you know like I said the old thing where defense wins championships? Will they you know find a way to to shut him down and 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 then the, obviously the flip side of that, maybe we can get into this, is the, the Giants are still going to have to score some points. So we'll, we'll see if they can do enough of that to, uh, to out-duel Rodgers. Yeah, we are almost a half hour into this episode, and we have not mentioned yet Eli Manning, who is a, the Giants quarterback with two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, has beaten Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in a year that Rodgers went 15-1. and one, And I believe that was, to me, that was his best year uh, overall in the NFL. So we've seen this story before. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Eli. So Giants offense, James, on Sunday against the Redskins. Again, not much. Eli made a big pass late, and, and they won that football game. But here we go. It, it's this classic, and we kind of touched on this the last couple of weeks. Can he just flip the switch? Because you look at Eli's season, it wasn't awful, but compared to other big-time quarterbacks, it was below what, they, what those guys did, certainly well below Rodgers. Can he flip the switch? Can they flip the switch? And really, to, to Dan's point, what's enough behind this defense? I don't know if there's a switch to be flipped. I, I think, you know, it, since the Giants are going to the playoffs, all we have to talk about is 2007 and 2011. And I wrote this over the weekend. I mean, all Eli just has to do is not turn the ball over. I mean, that's you look at his playoff record, you know, his playoff stats, his regular season stats, there's really not much difference. I mean, some of, most of the numbers are a little bit better, but it's a much smaller sample size, of course, in the postseason games. But – he just he hasn't thrown interceptions on the road, and, and that's the key for the Giants. I think that, you know, obviously they didn't turn the ball over. I mean, that's not the be-all, end-all, but they didn't turn the ball over on Sunday, and they still only scored 13 points, although I think they got, and they got a little bit conservative in the second half. They were trying to protect the guys as they kept them on the field. But I, I think that's the biggest thing for Eli is can he protect the football? If he protects the football, I think this Giants offense has a better chance to kind of work through its issues and put enough points on the board to win a game. You know the defense is probably going to – I mean, I think going into this game, if you tell the defense, all right, hold Rodgers to 24 points, I think that's pretty realistic. you got to score 25. This team hasn't scored 20 in a month, so I don't know if they can score 25, but I think they have a much better chance to score 25 if Eli just, just protects the football and allows this offense to function without those mistakes. Yeah, What's, I think we've. Ahead, I, I was gonna jump in. I think we've started to see, uh, you know, the way this offense is going to play. I think it's. I think everyone's kind of probably given up on the. It's finally going to click. I mean, it's kind of been a, a silly thing to keep saying for you know seventeen weeks. I mean, you kind of hour jar at this point. But I think we've started to see some signs of what this offense kind of wants to be or can be, and that's uh, really a reversal from what we expected coming into the season when we thought it was going to be this high-powered, high-flying attack. It seems like now they want to all of a sudden time possession matters where it, you know, it didn't used, used to even be a consideration when you, when you mentioned that early in the season. But now they, they want to control the game on the ground a little bit more. Uh, Eli not taking as many chances. I mean, he's you know, really stressed that it's all about protecting the ball. And you know, McAdoo calls it a, a the Duke is a bar of gold at this time of year. So, I mean, clearly there's more of an emphasis on, on being a little bit conservative on offense. Um, obviously, with Paul Perkins' emergence, the run game has been much more effective because you can say we want to run the ball all day, but if Rashad Jennings is plowing to the line for you know two and a half yards of carry, uh, that's not the greatest game plan. But Perkins makes that more feasible because uh, he can make some plays and, and pick up some yards. And again, they, they still only scored 13 points on Sunday on offense, so it's not it's not as if uh, this formula uh, produced you know tremendous results. But just with the way this defense is playing, I think that you see some signs that 
there, there is a, a way for this offense to, to succeed enough. And I think, again, that's what it is. It's, it's controlling the ball a little bit more. And you still have the Odell factor. So you can kind of churn it out and, and play conservatively, and he'll still break a slant, you know, for a 60-yard touchdown. So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the, the road I think they have to take. And I think that they've kind of resigned themselves to that. I think there's, there's really – it's kind of silly to expect that, oh, they're going to go out and score 30 points, you know, in the first round of the playoffs after not doing it all season. So – um, you know, that's the formula. You know, we'll see if that's enough and we'll see if the defense, uh, you know, because the defense has obviously had a few games where they've given them some points. So we'll see if they can they can shut down Rodgers enough for that to work. But I really think that's the way they're going to have to attack this. What would I would say what Dan said was interesting about, like, you know, the cons- because I think, you know, when, when they beat the Cowboys, people kind of said, OK, well, should the offense, you know, kind of change it, change and just try to win games, you know, ugly, you know, it's kind of complement this defense. And, you know, Giants were like, no, 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 you know, we still believe we're going to have the breakout. We're going to be, you know, the 28-point game pinball offense. And now it seems like they finally have said, okay, we just have to complement this defense and, and possess the ball. And I think that's a good thing. I think the Giants have a much better chance to be successful in the, in the postseason if they f- focus on the run game and on time of possession and getting the ball to Odell and, and being careful I, because – I think that matches a lot more of the defense. If they go out there and just try to be what they have been for most of the season, I, I think they're kind of they're tempting fate. What's the X factor here for each of you guys? Uh, maybe a player or, or something in this game? Because I look at it, to me, it's a toss-up. You know, I was looking at the, the line on this game and what Vegas thinks. To me, the Giants defense is going to do enough most of the day. Rodgers probably makes a play or two that only maybe he can make. The Giants' offense probably will do what it's done all year. You know, I kind of just foresee late in the fourth quarter, this game is close. It's probably three points or four points one way or the other. What's going to push this one way or the other? Dan, what stands out to you as a possible X factor late Sunday night? Uh, You know, I already mentioned DRC as kind of being a big X factor on defense. If if I'm going to look on one offense, I think it really is Paul Perkins because – and maybe it's not even so much Perkins. Maybe it's a little Ben McAdoo. He has to commit to making him the number one back. I mean – the idea that he's going to keep splitting carries to me is crazy because you just have to do the eye test. I mean, it's clear that Paul Perkins is a better running back than Rashad Jennings. It's been clear for a while, uh, but it's just every time you see him now, when you give Perkins more carries, naturally he's getting even better. So uh, I think that's kind of key that they just have to commit to that and, and stop trying to, to, to split the carries or whatnot. I mean, the last five games of the regular season, they basically had the same amount of carries Perkins averaged 4.5 yards a carry. Jennings averaged three yards a carry. So, I mean, there's, there's not really much more to see there to, to make that decision. Ben McAdoo wouldn't commit to, you know, Paul Perkins as the starter going forward, but I don't think that's something he's going to say publicly. He can just show it with his actions. And, you know, Perkins got the start uh, against the Redskins, and his, you know, his carries have kind of inched up every game. So now it's the playoffs. Uh, you can take the training wheels off and kind of ride him. So if there's 30 carries go around, I feel like 22 of them should be going to Paul Perkins instead of, you know, 15 and 15 or whatnot. So uh, I think that's key. They need to just feature him, and obviously he needs to be successful for it to work, but I think that's their best shot of having success on the ground. Because I think the Packers, especially with their secondary being so beat up, is going to do a lot of that too high safety look that you know teams have shown all season because they're going to want to take away Odell first and foremost. So there should be opportunities, so it's going to be up to the Giants to take advantage of that. And I, you know, I think Perkins is certainly the guy to do it. James, who stands out to you as you, you look forward Sunday night? Uh, I think it's a close game late. Who's the guy that has to make a play or, or won't? And we'll be talking about it next week. Not so much a guy. I think one of the main things, and we saw that with that scramble play that he made against the Lions, is that 
Aaron Rodgers' mobility, I think, could be a major issue for this Giants defense, especially a team that, you know, they've a lot of times this year the Giants have gotten to the quarterback, but they haven't wrapped up. They haven't gotten the sack, and the quarterback's kind of slipped away. He hasn't done a tremendous amount of damage against them, per se, but, I mean, Rodgers is a guy that if you don't get Rodgers down in the backfield and you let him keep the play going, he's going to kill you. He's going to make those guys downfield cover a tremendous amount of time against a good bunch of receivers. So I think that's one major X factor is can they contain Rodgers' mobility prevent him from extending those plays because usually when he extends a play it's going to be a backbreaker I think defending the tight end could be big here you know the Giants have struggled against tight ends have been much better the past few weeks uh, Packers have a good one in Jared Cook he's a guy who could potentially do some damage against them they have to stop that in terms of a player I mean I don't know you guys, I think Romeo Aquara is big I mean he had the big game against the Cowboys he has been kind of quiet since then. Not necessarily that doesn't mean he's not playing well. I just think that, you know, they, they kind of they're gonna need a pass rush to step up, and he might be the guy they really need to step up because Dan's right. They didn't blitz much against the Packers in the regular season meeting. You don't assume they're gonna do that again. So I think he's a guy who probably needs to step up a little bit. Before we wrap this episode and you guys get set for what will be a uh, I'm sure a cold trip to Green Bay. What's that looking like? Because that's always the story with Green Bay this time of year, the weather. What, what is the law? And we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday morning. What are you guys uh, thinking about projecting, packing for, for Sunday night? Uh, so it's a 440 Eastern time kick. It will be a late finish, probably somewhere around eight o'clock um, you know, Eastern time when that game finishes. What kind of weather? Because the last time the Giants went there was cold, two times ago when they went there in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Tom Coughlin's face was as red as you can get. What is Dan? What are you guys hearing and, and seeing with the weather for Sunday? Uh, from what I've seen so far, it, it seems you know at least decent. For, you know, for what it could be, I think it looks like it's probably going to be in the probably upper teens, maybe a kickoff and, and drop to you know maybe the low teens, maybe, maybe single digits by the end of the game. But I think the biggest thing is uh, no snow, so uh, at least the, the weather won't be a factor as far as precipitation. So listen, hey, you're going to Green Bay in January. You know it's going to be cold. Uh, it could be worse. I'm looking at it right now, and there's loads of negative three on, on Thursday. So it's going to warm up to, uh, to a balmy maybe 13 low, it looks like, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I mean, hey, listen, it's going to be cold, but this, you know, this team plays in the cold. They practice in the cold. I don't think it's to a point where, you know, I don't think Ben McAdoo's face is going to freeze off. So I, mean, I think that it's going to be a factor, but I think that they, you know, they're equipped to deal with it as well as the Packers, and, and I don't see it, you know, having a major impact on the game. Um, you know, of course, we'll see how that plays out. But I mean, they've played in cold weather this year, so I think it, it shouldn't be a huge uh, issue. Kind of, kind of mild for this time of year, actually. Go ahead, James. No, I was going to say last year when the Giants were in Minneapolis in Week 16, it was kind of the same sort of forecast. I think it was like 10 degrees at kickoff, and maybe got down to like you know. Four, five, four or five, maybe you know, three even by by the end of the game. But there really was no wind. I, I don't know what the wind's going to look like uh, this weekend in Green Bay. But it, it was kind of a dry cold. Like it, it was, it was cold, but it wasn't you know miserable. Uh, I think that's sort of what it's going to look like. Um, real quick, just to go back to what we were talking about the X factors. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the two offensive tackles. You know, Flowers and presumably Hard if, if his forearm's ready. Those guys really struggled against the Packers. Uh, you know, in terms of the pass rush, you know, Eli had a ton of pressure in the first meeting. Eric obviously had his other issues after the game. We don't need to rehash those, but those guys, I think, are very big X factors. You know, they they got to make sure that Eli has some time to throw because this is a Packers defense that's very suspect in the secondary. There are plays to be made, 
but Eli has to have the time to make them. He does, and that will be key on Sunday night. Giants, Packers, before we wrap this up, so the Giants obviously will be in the Packers, whoever wins this game. Their next destination in the postseason and divisional weekend will be dictated by what happens in the Lions-Seahawks game on Saturday night. If the Seahawks win, the Giants-Packers winner goes to Dallas next Sunday. If the Lions win, the Giants-Packers winner will end up in Atlanta uh, the following Saturday. As you guys sit here now, I know you'll wait till later in the week to make, I think, a final prediction on Giants-Packers. Where do you guys expect to go if the Giants win? Do you think you'll be on a plane to Dallas or a plane to Atlanta? James? I expect to be on a plane to Dallas. I, I just, you know, the, I think the Lions have lost three straight. I, Seattle, I, just, I think it'll be a close game, but I don't see the Lions going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks. So I, if the Giants win uh, on Sunday, I, I expect the train will be en route to Dallas for what will be an even bigger uh, matchup than Giants-Packers. Uh, da- Giants-Cowboys round three would be a big, big, I mean, it might be the biggest, you know, one of the biggest lead-ups to a game we've seen in a while around here. So that's why if the Giants win on Sunday, I think they're headed to, to Arlington. Dan, you on the same page? A trip to Dallas? Yeah. I mean, I just don't see the Lions going into Seattle because the Lions are sort of a wounded animal right now with you know, Stafford being injured. Uh, Seattle hasn't looked great, but still a tough place to play in the playoffs. So I, I just don't see the Lions being the team that go in there and get that upset. So, yeah, I think if uh, – if they win, we'll be booking a trip to Dallas, maybe a stop in Miami on the way down, and uh, should be fun if we can get that to happen. All right, so we're not going to hold you to these because we're doing this on a Tuesday. You, you, you have the freedom to change your mind over the course of the week, subject to change here. But as we sit here on this Tuesday morning, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off with mine. I think you guys, I'm with you guys. I think you guys would be going to Dallas, and I think you guys will be going to Dallas. I think the Giants are going to win this game uh, and get a playoff win again in Lambeau behind that defense. And James, your thoughts? You know what? I, uh, I've been thinking about it. You know, a couple weeks ago, I would have told you I, I don't think this team's going anywhere. I, I think the Giants are going to win on Sunday. I, I just I got a feeling. I, you know, I don't know why, but I think it's going to be a great game. But I just, you know, this is the team that, you know, they, they keep on proving us wrong and, and doing things that we don't think they're going to do. Uh, I don't want to go as far as say I don't think they're – I still don't think they're going to the Super Bowl or anything, but – I think this is a good matchup for the Giants. You know, the Packers are banged up in the secondary. Defense is playing incredibly well. I mean, to be honest with you guys, the Redskins game really opened my eyes. I thought that the fact they went in with a team that had everything to play for with a really good offense and just embarrassed them on their home field when they had nothing to play for. I, in some ways, I don't think that win was necessarily the best win they've had all year, but I think it was right up there with the Dallas wins. That they, I mean... Very impressive in my book. So I'm going to say Giants win 23-20. Robbie Gold, who is perfect, 6-for-6 six six on field goals. I think 17-for-17 17 17 on extra points. Might, don't quote me on the extra point number, though, in the playoffs. He's never missed a kick in the playoffs. He knocks one home. He, he kind of pulls the Lawrence Tynes, and the Giants go on the Dallas. How about that? And and to you know that's an X factor we didn't talk about Robbie Golden to go to that. I'm with you, James. Before Dan gives his prediction on that Redskins game, they had nothing to play for, and the Redskins offense is good. And Dan said it earlier; their weapons are legit, and they just shut them down the entire day. This defense is unbelievable. I think they've got a real shot to do some damage. Dan, Sunday Giants Packers. What are you feeling right now? All right, so you guys both picked the Giants, so that's great. Let me be the bad guy. Uh, I, I think the Packers are going to win. Um, 
you know, I think it's just, it's a tall order to go out there. And I know they've done in the past, different teams. Let's keep hammering that point home. I mean, basically you have Eli's pretty much the, the common denominator for the Giants and, and he's not really playing that great. Uh, so I, I don't know why you have a ton of confidence that he's certainly suddenly going to turn it on. I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I think James said 23 to uh, 20 Giants. I think you could probably flip that around. I think it's going to be a close game. If it comes down to the end, though, and, and I have to choose between Aaron Rodgers or Eli Manning in, in crunch time, I know that Eli has, you know, has had some great moments in the playoffs, but just I'm going a little more uh, recency bias, and I, I just would take Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, certainly could go the other way, you know, field goal type game, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Packers to win. The Fox executives got what they wanted this week with the Giants and Packers, and they're probably going to get what they want next week. Either Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys or Eli Manning and the Giants round three. Guys, this was fun. We got to talk playoffs, and uh, we might get to do it at least one more time. If not, we'll at least get to break down a playoff game uh, sometime early next week. Have a safe trip to Green Bay. Stay warm uh, and enjoy it. The first playoff game since we started this, this podcast. Thanks, James. You got it, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks, Joe. Happy New Year. You too. And thanks to all of you for listening. Happy New Year. Everyone have a great week. Should be a fun week with the lead up. Dan and James will have all the coverage for you. And then the game Sunday. We'll be back next week right here on NJ.com. You can follow on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you want to listen. You can listen and subscribe to Talk is Cheap.